Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody. We're here at Mad Sports Take, episode 30. Ryan Roberts here, David Turner. 18-year scouting vets. David Turner, do I need to do the whole intro? I don't even know what anymore. <laughs> People know at this point. We're with the Carolina Panthers, New York Giants, San Francisco 49ers, Oakland Raiders, and Miami Dolphins. Also, three-time Arena League, straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers. Spent a little time up north as well. So he's been all around professional football giving you the inside perspective. I am Ryan Roberts, represent NFL Draft Bible here in this glorious partnership that we have between Maverick Sports Consulting and NFL Draft Bible. Of course, we are live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube on the NFL Draft Bible live stream, taking questions all night. So if you are here with us, and I already see over 30 people in with us right now in the live, you want to throw in some questions we have a great show for you tonight. We have a couple interviews that I'm really excited about that if you want to throw in any question to them, more than welcome. We love interaction on this show. Of course, Mav Sports Take is your weekly podcast for sports, business, and much more. Here we tackle the business of all the news you hear about. Tonight, we are going to take a look behind the scenes with Corey Proctor, who's a former NFL offensive lineman who played for the Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys, and Miami Dolphins. Now he is a wealth manager with Pro Capital Wealth Management. So we're talking a little bit of a different. This is more after football. You hear all the time about guys getting out of the NFL, getting out of professional sports, and going broke. We're going to talk about that angle with Corey and how we can help make sure that that does not happen, right? You know what also is interesting? I'll yeah. catch you off just because I've, I've known Corey a while, and he opened my eyes to this. There is money that a lot of college players leave on the table and they don't take it. And it's money that they can help them for not only while they're playing, but after they're playing. But it, it was an interesting conversation. I, ho- I hope we can get him into it tonight. And uh, and he talks about it because I think it's, it's not just about what to do for when you're post-playing career, right? But it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's stuff that people aren't taking advantage. And he, he learned it, obviously, going through the process and not taking advantage of it and then learning about it later. So I'm going to coax him into talking about those college dollars that are left on the table a lot. Yeah, David's been in behind the scenes in a lot of uh, scouting meetings, but not just scouting meetings, meetings with players that they are potentially drafting. So David Turner knows how to manipulate people when he talks to them, okay? <laughs> he knows how to do those types of conversations. So he is going to coax Corey Proctor into giving us the, the real, the dirty truth behind some of these mishandlings of money in professional sports. So I'll get it out of them. I'll get, we'll get it out, out of them. Oh, I know David Turner's going to get out of it. We're also going to be joined around 9.15 Eastern time with Ben Skoranek, who, of course, was a Northwestern transfer wide receiver, spent his final season at the University of Notre Dame, was a very sound contributor, good football player, 
went down to the Senior Bowl 2021 Reese's Senior Bowl, and uh, he is now in the middle of a draft process. Very interesting player who dealt with injuries at, during his Northwestern career. He's He was, of course, in that dreaded transfer portal that we talk about so much. So I really want to dig into his experience within the transfer portal and see what his experience was because he was also a guy that was coming off an injury and he was rehabbing while trying to make that destination switch while trying to figure out, and obviously being from a Northwestern to Notre Dame, academics are very important to him. So we're going to talk to Ben, obviously about that. We'll have Corey on in a couple minutes before we do, we, before we get into it tonight here at Maverick sports consulting, we would like to say to you, if you're a college looking to improve your recruiting department to maximize the transfer portal, high school recruiting, and junior college transfers to turn your program around quickly, David Turner has 19 years of personnel experience, 10 years in the NFL, managing college scouting departments, as well as pro personnel departments. Mavericks is primed and ready to work with your existing staff and coaches to build you a recruiting department that will mirror your efforts in the coaching department. Let David and Maverick Sports Consulting assist you building a championship team in 2021. Of course, that's at maverick.sportsconsulting.com. We have a couple topics we want to get into before Corey Proctor joins us live here tonight. Again, live. So throw some some questions. I saw Eric was in the chat room saying, what's up, fellas? Eric, appreciate you being here, my man. If you have any questions, pop them in here as well. A lot of different angles we're taking this show on. Wanted to start this one, uh, David. So I had a nice conversation, okay? I've spoken to Drew Himmelman, okay? Offensive okay. tackle out of Illinois State. I've spoken to him twice in the past. So he is about as accomplished an FCS player as I've seen over the last few years. In three years as a starter for Illinois State at left tackle, we're talking freshman All-American, sophomore All-American, all-American as a junior. So he was he has literally been an all-American every year that he has been at Illinois State. Former high school tight end who is listed on the roster at Illinois State. And this is no exaggeration, David Turner. Six foot ten, 315 pounds. So this is a big dude who, quite honestly, I mean, from the scouting perspective, the height hurts him a little bit at points, but it looks nice on a stat sheet, you know, saying that you're six foot ten. Yeah, it looks nice on the stat sheet, but woo. Ooh, that's a long drink of water. It looks nice on the roster. It looks nice coming off the, uh, the the bus, but he has been very successful at that height, which is an interesting player, obviously being a high school, a former high school tight end. So I talked to him, and I said, Drew, are you, are you entering the draft? Like, are, are you in twenty twenty one? He's like, well, I'm playing in the spring, but there's no rule against this. I, it sounds like David, he's not hiring an agent officially. Let's let's put that in quotations, right? He's not hiring. An, <laughs> he's not hiring an agent, but he is still playing in the spring, but still intending to be a part of the 2021 NFL draft process. I think there's multiple layers to this. And this is going to be most of our conversation outside of our two great interviews tonight. My first thought is, okay, there's a loophole. He gets that film, right? Because what is the dreaded scenario that everyone's talking about? Oh, these young men, these FCS players or lower, aren't going to get the film this year. Well, he's getting the film, right? So that's good. But then I'm start thinking further and I'm like, but man, this is real. Like this is up against the draft process to the utmost degree. And then I think NFL evaluators, you can correct me if I'm wrong. This is where I want your perspective. They were, I would think that they would be saying, ha, but like there's mini camps, there's training camps and your body is going through a lot of, a, a lot of adversity, right? Playing football and then going right up into 
when that transition happens. It sounds like that's a lot on the body. I could be off there, though. Well, the only reason I think you're off is this year in particular because I don't know if there's going to be mini camps and train and and then and then when is training camp going to open up? Is it going to open up on time? If it does, that's going to be like July 20th. And okay. if he's wrapping up his season, was it late April? Because he I think you know. So let's say he has May, June off, and most of July. So he'll have about say 11 weeks off. So you know it's going to be a lot on his body. That said, I mean, he doesn't really need to test because he's a, you know, a lineman, and, you know, what are you going to do run a 40, you know, so what, what he can do will fall in line with his training. He'll measure the way, um, they'll, you know, get all his measurements. They'll, um, you know, possibly have him do a 225 test. And then if he wants to run a 40, some points, I'm sure teams will go and test him and watch him do the 40. But outside that, you know, that's all he's really going to be asked to do. The, the people will set up Skype interviews for him. Uh, there's no combine, so he's not missing that. Um, so, again, this process this year with how it's lined up to be, if you were going to do it in F- as an FCS player, non-skill position, I should say this makes sense. If you're a, a receiver, running back, DB that needs that 40 time to really help boost your your draft stock, then I think it, it would be hard to play a season and train to play and, and run the 40 at your ma- and maximize your potential there. Okay. No, no, that, that makes total sense. I, I'm honestly still kind of digesting it a little bit because I, I don't know why, David, but when we were talking about these scenarios and, oh, these guys are going to play in the spring, so they're immediately in 2022, I never even thought of the fact of like, hey, maybe they just use a couple games or maybe the whole season and they just don't sign – right? An agent. So they're still eligible, right? They don't <laughs> sign an agent. And I never, it never really crossed my mind. And I think, I mean, so like positive negatives, right? Like I, I kind of laid out a little bit of it. It sounds like to me that you're saying that you think that it's much more positive than it would be a negative in any degree. I think for him, cause he's a lineman. Him specifically. Right? Yes. Yeah. Now, if you would have said this is a wide receiver. Okay. And, you know, again, you could technically play three games, right? And then shut it down and then run your 40 in April some point and be ready to go. That that also would be possible. And again, you're not missing a combine. You you, you know, the NFL teams can't host uh, private workouts or not flying kids in to do interviews like just the environment this year. If you were going to try to do it as an FCS player, you know, I would do it the way that this guy, this player is doing it. Um, And again, I'm glad we're doing this show tonight, not last week, honestly, because I would be a lot a lot more tight lipped about stuff. But seeing that they had to declare yesterday, I can say this now and it's not going to change anybody's opinion. So (laughs) honest to God, this is a this is a a show in which I'm I'm very happy it fell the day after the deadline because I can be unmuscled about it and not and not regret what came out of my mouth because some some individual or some kid or, you know, a parent heard me and then they changed their mind and they came out and all this stuff, you know. It's. I think this year is unique, you know, than than years past and even years going forward. Well, what about risk of injury though? That's another thing, and I understand that. Hey, these guys could tear an ACL. God forbid they could. Um, they could. You know, th- there's a lot of injuries that you could have just training, 
So it's not like it's it's foolproof that like, oh, I'm out of football. I'm not going to get hurt. It, it happens all the time. I mean, I remember Sidney Jones, right, like tore his Achilles training for, for the NFL. And, and Darius Geis, I think, hurt himself in, in the pre-draft process. Like it happens every year. But obviously I would say that the injuries, I, I don't think there's a rocket science to say, that the injuries are amplified potentially by playing football. I think Jake Plummer tripped over his dog one time and fell downstairs. <laughs> so, did you do that too? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, hell, I don't know if that ever came out or if that was just me knowing about it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty positive that's 100% factual. Um, but Jake the snake, dude. Jake the snake. Yeah. Oh, man. I was so mad when the Niners didn't draft him and they took Drunken Miller instead. I was like, give me a break. Jim Drunken Miller. Um, I haven't heard that name in a long time. You could have had freaking Jake the Snake. I mean, and you took Drunken Miller. Oh, my. I'm telling you. There were some things thrown and some choice words thrown that, that day, too, on that draft. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I mean, for the, for, you're risking injury no matter what. If you're training, if right. you're non training, you're going to. Playing for an offensive lineman, if his knee braces are on and he's buckled up, you know, it's, 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 again, it's hard. It happens. Absolutely, it happens. And yeah. we, you know, we're going to knock on wood for him, but, um, it's, it's not like it used to be, you know, to me, you know, when you're, when, when these guys, the way, and then with these spread offenses, the offensive linemen are blocking for a two count releasing downfield. I mean, it's not like holding it for, you know, the old school Raiders vertical stretch offense for seven seconds. So the receivers can get downfield and Plunkett could heave it to them. You know what I mean? So um, you know, it's just a different game, I think. And in, like you indicated, he might only play three, four games, get the film that he needs and then shut it down and uh, say, that's, that's it. What, fellas. That's what I would you know? do. That's what I would do. Well, yeah, because you're I'd a quitter and that's the way quitters work. Oh, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, could you, could you, bl- could you blame them though? Like lean right yes, up the I did blame people that oh. did that this year for that. And in, in major college football, if oh, you're going to start listening. the season, finish the season. If you're not going to start the season, sit out, sit out. But if you're going to start Dude. something, you finish it. You're so old. My God. You're so old. We're about to talk to Corey Proctor about this right now because he's going to talk to us about being smart with your money, not throw it away like David Turner's saying, right? Like, oh, who cares? You know, yeah. not quit on it either. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Man, I, I'm not even listening to you anymore. I feel like I, I, <laughs> what I have you I, ever listened to me? I, I want to know. Are, we've known each other about a year now. What? <laughs> when was the first and last time, if it ever happened, that you listened to me? Um, I don't know. You know what? Cool thing though, I, I like when we used to do this in Zoom because there's a mute button. I could just mute you anytime <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> that was fun for you. I know. I know. Uh. All right, so as we're waiting for Corey Proctor, David, why don't we talk about something that everyone's been talking about, obviously, recently, because it was a big headline that came out, right? J.J. Watt, who I know you thought, former Houston Texan great, by the way, one of the best defensive linemen I've ever seen in short spurts. Like, obviously, he's dealt with some injuries. But for, like, five to six years span here for collecting it, I mean, dominant, right? Not only a defensive end, but he's moved inside in, a, in an odd man front. And he's been a dominant fixture along the defensive line anywhere he lines up in the Houston Texans. He, I mean, it, and it is true, Houston Texans are a dumpster fire. So they're like, oh, yeah, why not? Go ahead, go ahead JJ. You're, uh, you're good to go, man. So he's out. I know you thought he was going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, naturally, right? With TJ and Derek both being there, um, playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of teams thrown out there. Arizona Cardinals. Your, your Arizona Cardinals, 
David's in Arizona. If anybody. Why are you calling him my Arizona? Because you're an Arizona guy, man. Because I live down the street from him? <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. You're an Arizona Cardinals fan. I know who you are. You're fine. Um, all right. So, David, I must say, I kind of digested this a little bit, you know. I don't like the fit. <laughs> I really don't, man. I don't. I, I don't think the Cardinals are close, to be honest. I know they went like 8-8 eight and eight last year. To me, the Rams are going to be better next year. I think the Seahawks are always going to be a contender as long as Russell Wilson is there. I know there's been rumors about that, but as long as they're there. And then the 49ers, if the 49ers get the quarterback position right and they're able to stay relatively healthy, they're a good team too. I don't like – I don't like if J.J. Watt – if this is me, him trying to convince himself, I'm going to go for a Super Bowl, I don't understand this move. This is, it's not a lateral move because the Cardinals are obviously a much better situation than Houston Texans. But for me personally, and I would love to hear your perspective, didn't do anything for me. Well, here's a player that has played 48 games in the last 60. Okay. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at under, uh, you know, is that about 60%, right, of the games. He hasn't played in all the seasons. He hasn't played in every game. He got injury history here. So, for me, when I look at it from the Cardinals' perspective, you mm-hmm. know, JJ played last year 16 games, but the prior two years, he, you know, or two or three years, he, had, he only played three to eight games. You know, he has six games here and whatever. So he's not a player that's looking durable here. And they give him a two-year deal for $31 million. And therefore, on so many levels, this is a messed up thing. Because if your player is able to get $30, $31 million on a two-year deal, Houston, what, again, we got a problem. Why are you letting that walk out the door without a trade for a sixth or seventh round pick? You know what I mean? At least get something uh, – Get something for it. Like, let's go. And then, and and, in addition to that, you know, you look at the Cardinals, like you said, he's walking in a building, which, yes, you have Chandler Jones, but Chandler's dinged up, right? He's a great player, but like, yeah, keep going. Right. He's a great player, but yeah. So you're thinking we're going to pair these two together. We had like the 10th. I think it was the 10th overall defense or 16th overall defense and 10th overall pass defense or something last year. But Patrick Peterson's on the, you know, it's going to be gone. He's, he's out of the building and it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to invest this kind of money on an aging player. That's looking for his last hurrah, his last golden parachute to make his money and then walk away from the game. You know, it's not a situation where you want to be stuck with a contract of dead money after that after that happens so all that being said for jj his camp snooked the 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 (laughs) houston texans because i know people in the camp and they straight told the texans we're leaving to go to pittsburgh because we want to play with the brothers we want to play two more years and we want to go up there and, and do a family thing and see if we can win one and Houston knows they're in a rebuilding stage, so they're like, cool, you know what, let's do right by a player. You know, he'll be a great ambassador for our organization. Let him go do a family thing. And then when he does sign with Pittsburgh, we can say we wanted him to be able to join up with his family, yada, yada, yada. Right? Yep. Now that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You got the wool pulled over your eyes again. <laughs> and now... It's like, you know, he's here in Arizona. He's up the street, you know. All the fans are all fired up. JJ Watts here. I'm like, eh. I'm like, eh. You he's know, it's like. Player. He's still a good he's a, player. He's, again, dude, he's a, yeah. he's a top 15 player at his position. 
Sure. He's a he's a, probably even a top 12 player at his position when healthy. Yep. That all being said, he's it's hard to keep him on the field. He's injured a lot. Right. So therefore, you know, it's just it's just hard for me to invest the money, make the call to him and get this done. Uh, you know, and be comfortable and happy about it. Um, well, I think, and, I think, the, go ahead. I think, yeah. I think the big, like, free agent destination thing that you always think about, right? So, like, JJ Watt is not Reggie White. So, I'm not comparing him to Reggie White. Obviously, he was, you know, at his peak, JJ Watt was probably one of the best defensive linemen to ever play football. Reggie White is probably the best defensive lineman to ever play football, like, the number one. So, I'm not comparing the two. But, like, you think of it like, so Reggie White was a great player for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Dominant fixture, that defense line with Jerome Brown, the late Jerome Brown, of course, and Reggie White's late as well now. So, um, but anyway, so he dominated for the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Philadelphia Eagles weren't a great football team. Like, they were good, but, like, they were middling a lot. I think that was the Ray Rhodes years at that point. I don't think they were to co-tight yet at that point. So they were – a good football team, but they weren't a Super Bowl contender. So Reggie White becomes a free agent and goes to, to the young Green Bay Packers, right? Brett Favre, all those dudes. And they were just – the Packers were ready. Like they were just about there. They just needed one piece basically to really bolt them to a Super Bowl contender. And Reggie White went there, and that's what happened. And I like to think that a lot of people probably thought that this was a similar – kind of situation to a J.J. Watt. Like, in the twilight of his career, J.J. Watt's going to go to a Super Bowl contender, and he's going to be the final piece to push him over the top. That sounds great, right? Sounds like a myth. It sounds like a mythical way to end your career. It's awesome. I love it. The Cardinals? (laughs) I'll be be honest with you. When when Reggie went to Green Bay, everybody thought he was going to a a, 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 a contender. Right. Exactly. And, And when... When Reggie went to Green Bay, it was a surprise. Like they, they were not the favorite to land Reggie White, not at all. Sure. And, and and then he landed there, and it became an attractive place for other people to come. Sure. I feel like JJ and Hopkins are doing their part to now going to recruit players. That's why you saw the signing. Now it's it's a couple weeks before free agency hits, so. He can he can start recruiting some players to come here to you know and be part of the uh, the Cardinals. That Pat all Pete being then maybe Pat Pete is swayed to staying. Then I don't know. I'm just I don't know because the Cardinals right now they're only they before this deal they only have thirteen point five million dollars in cap space. Right. So I'm pretty sure this deal is going to you know it's going to stretch what they can do. They have this. They only they only have five draft picks in this year's draft. Yep. You know, so they have 16, 49, 80, 144, and 208. So, you know, this is, I, I think they have to be active in free agency mm-hmm. if it's going to, if they're going to, um, if they're going to make it, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they're going to make a run, I should say. Yep. So that all being said, I'm not, um, so I, I, I just think that it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in free agency. If they're going to try to, you know, if they're going to try to go throw caution in the wind, push the cap high, you know, get right up against it and then, and then figure it out. Or if, if this was their one move, they don't do anything else. You know, it's good. This free agency period, I think is going to be really interesting. 
No, it is. And I, I mean, the other layer too, David, is like, so Air, I think Arizona, like they're eight and eight last year, right? So like, could they get into nine and seven, 10 and six? Like it's always possible. But then also, like I said before, you're playing probably the strongest division in the NFL right now, right? Like I can make an argument that all healthy, of course, all healthy next year, the Seahawks, the Rams, or the 49ers could all win 10 games, 10 plus games. They, they absolutely could. We've seen San Francisco's a good football team, mired by injury last year and bad quarterback play. They could absolutely, if they figure out the quarterback position, be a 10 plus win team. Seattle Seahawks, as long as they have Russell Wilson, no matter what's around him offensively, he's proven this at this point with the offensive line. Russell Wilson gives you a chance to win 10 games. Like that's just that's just what he does. And then you cannot convince me, you cannot convince me that the Los Angeles Rams, who just went 10 and 6 last year and won a playoff game, you cannot convince me that with Matthew Stafford, they are not a better football team. You cannot convince me of it. I think they're a way better football team with Matthew. Way Stafford. better football. So way, the Rams I mean, way better. We're talking way, baby, going back, 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 back. He's way better. Way better. So, so that's the other thing, though. JJ Watts now going to the strongest division in the NFL, and I don't know about it, man. And then the last note. This is my favorite note. Ready, Cliff Kingsbury. What a joke that he was hired as the, as the head coach to begin with. I like him, dude. I like his offensive mind. I really do. I really so do. You're trying to be part of the Arizona Cardinals staff. I see. <laughs> no, no, no. I I should have prefaced this by saying. Cliff Kingsbury is an awesome offensive coordinator. Really great football mind. Absolutely. I love what he does offensively. Of course, former Texas Tech quarterback was a really good player for them. Cliff Kingsbury can call a darn offense, man. Going back to the Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M days, like my dude has a great offensive mind. There is no doubt. He's with Pat Mahomes in Texas Tech. Like he can do it. He's really good. If he's your offensive coordinator, you, I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold for days if he's your offensive coordinator. That's perfect, man. The man going back to this is his head coaching days, right? With Texas Tech. Going back then till now, my man has yet to win more than eight football games in a season. I, I just I can't with this man. Well, I again, I, I I never liked the clean I, again. I was a Steve Wilkes fan, and when they made a commitment to Steve Wilkes, it was yep. a commitment that no, that you are coming from a 34 defense, and he's bringing in a 43 offense or 43 defense, and so it's going to take some personnel changeover. It's not going to be instant coffee, and you know, unless you made really bold moves, and by doing bold moves, you were going to hurt the offense and different people to bring in defensive players. They didn't want to do that, so then what do they do? They fire Wilksy after one season. And bring in Clint Kingsbury, who was just let go of the tech, Texas Tech's team, was going to be the USC offensive coordinator in order to get him and Kyler on. Now, right. again, let's not bash the RIC, but let's bash the RIC for a second. <laughs> you know, he loves his Kyler Murray kid. And again, if I had a fly football team, I mean, Kyler Murray, my first pick all day long, the way he throws the ball, he runs oh, around. I like Kyler, man. You know, I if like it, Kyler. Hey, I'm just wrong. saying, if, if it was a flag football team, Kyler Murray, number one pick overall, golden <laughs> jacket, let's go. But you saw, he, got, you know, this offense, he got hit because, got, guess what? The big boys on defense get paid to hit the quarterback. Right. And as soon as he got hit and that shoulder started hurting, he stopped running. Those plays didn't get called. And the offense took a just a nosedive in production. And and again, you, you take the the Hale Murray out of it against Buffalo. Hale Murray. And what do they? And, and again, what 
you know, they, they, they're what they're seven and nine or whatever. So, yes. you know, it's not a situation where you're looking like you have a very deep team. So again, as the Cardinals and you know me well enough, Ryan, if I'm the Cardinals, if I'm Steve Kime, I don't sign this guy. I'm shopping for younger players that I can build around, that I can put on this team that has longevity for sustained, you know, sustained success, and and then build around them. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm trying to collect more draft picks because you only have five this year. You, you know, maybe make a trade, make some bold moves happen. But if I, if my research is correct, Larry Fitzgerald's a free agent at this point, and Patrick Peterson's a free agent. So you're already getting aging players out the door. Why bring one in the door? I just don't get it, you know? Yeah, no, no, I agree completely. And um, last thing I'll say about it, I'm bashing the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't I don't mean to be mean, you know, because I do like a lot I of their pieces. I don't mean to be mean. I like a lot of their pieces, man. I really do. But I agree with one thing that you said that I wanted to highlight was you were talking about the injury to Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury comes from that air raid Texas Tech offense, right, where they don't believe in anything more than five-man protection. I don't think it works in the NFL. I don't think it works. Um, I don't think it works in a in a large scope. I, I think back to, and this is I, I, this is when I started hating, you know, oh, we, we, we just let every – we release everybody. We don't have any six-plus-man protection. Like, we don't do it. Mike Marks forever ruined the greatest show on turf for me, David, because he let my man Kurt Warner – it's so many concussions that hurt my soul. It absolutely hurt my soul. So, um, yeah, I'm not a Cliff guy. I'm sorry if for Cardinal fans out there. I'm sorry. Well, again, think about all the way back to when Steve Spurrier and Mouse Davis were running oh, the. Oh no! Oh no! I mean, they 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 tried to do it and they and, and it didn't work then. And athletes on defense have just become more bigger, faster, stronger, and and again, the coordinators have become smarter on how to do things. So it just doesn't make any sense to me to have that kind of protection. I think, you know, I'll be honest with you, the Carolina Panthers, when they were in the Super Bowl, they lost because of that five-man protection crap. You know, they weren't shipping guys out of the backfield. They weren't running max protection and allowing Cam more time. It seemed like every time he hit the, you know, he hit his drop, receivers were slipping. The field was terrible, you know, up there at Levi Stadium. And boom, you know, Cam had nowhere to throw it, and 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 it was just it was just an awful game, right? So, if you're not going to have an ability to help your tackles out, especially these young tackles, you know, where they they're not they're not you know it's not Flozell Adams, you don't see a lot of you know uh, Walter Joneses in the league right now. Orlando Pace, yeah, Ogden, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would give, I give a hundred dollars if somebody can name without looking it up all thirty-two starting left tackles. You know what I mean? You could not name I all just, thirty-two. I, yeah. I think that might be the next podcast. I think I could do that actually. You no, know, you can't research it. You just have to. No, come no, up no. With no, 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 no. I'm telling you, like, I won't research it. I'm just saying, next podcast. We'll make it happen. Okay, listeners, people in the chat, should we believe he's not going to research this? <laughs> you can look at my Google history if you want, I guess. Like I Google, don't know, oh, oh, wow. No, that's scary, man. I don't know. <laughs> no, you'll get divorced. You know, no, I don't want to no, go there. <laughs> no, no, dude, I'm a, I'm a straight shooter. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Well, that's why you got a daughter. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's why I have a daughter. Absolutely. And with on that note, we want to 
we want to bring in Mr. Corey Proctor, who was originally signed as an undrafted free agent by the Detroit Lions after the 2005 NFL draft. Went to the University of Montana, where he was a two-time honorable mention, all Big, big Sky, all Big Sky first team in 2004, Division One AA at the time, all American in that same season. Now Corey works again as a wealth manager with Pro Capital Wealth Management. Corey, appreciate you coming in, man. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I gotta say sorry. I'm I've totally wrecked you guys' beginning into that because I I was thinking uh central time, not eastern time. So I had to jump off the set of the call. So I'm, I apologize for that, but thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> oh, dude, you're fine. No big deal. Like I said, we were we were sitting here shooting up the, the chopping the trap because of the JJ Watt stuff and how Arizona and uh, how Houston's uh, you know, just screwing the pooch down there. And you know, a guy signs for, for two years and thirty one million, but he's not worth a trade. It's like what? Mm-hmm. Like and you only have five draft picks and you have nothing in the first or second round this year. So yeah, let's let that walk out the door as far as commodities go. And then boom, here's Corey Proctor. Let's talk to commodities. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great segue, I think. I don't know. I thought it was really good. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So let's get you right into the fire then. Um so what are so let's go right in. Our listeners are always asking about what are pitfalls that players take in certain segments and areas in life, right? And what are things that they're not taking advantage of? One area right now I would really love for you to educate our listeners and our, and our audience to is what are some pitfalls in the financial sector that maybe in college they didn't take advantage of when they were rookies, young men uh, that are getting the big checks. What are some things that they always consistently do year after year that you as a wealth manager or even a former player, you know, might've done. And now it's like, Hey, stay out of those pitfalls. This is, or take advantage of this, drop some knowledge on them. Yeah, no, I, I tell you what, this is, you know, you, we see, we hear stories about guys going bankrupt or as soon as they get out of the league, something like that. Uh, this is not a player problem. This is a society issue we have. Right? This is the same reason reason a um, a lotto or jackpot winner goes broke uh, or goes bankrupt after winning the jackpot, getting millions millions of dollars. And and what this is is uh, it's an indicator of the behaviors we've put in place beforehand. And really, what that is is a lot of people don't plan ahead in what's going on in their life. And and we don't plan ahead, right? Life just hits us in the throat and anybody else, anything else just kind of, kind of knock, knocks us off our horse. And so, um, what happens a lot of times is as, and this is everybody, this is right. This is a lot of people, uh, as, as our income goes up, our spending goes up and it, we don't watch our money and money that's not watched flies away by somebody. People getting sold to or just not keeping track of it. It goes away. And so. One of the things I, I love to share with my people is first every month, a lot of people don't do, want to do a budget. I just call it money day. All we're going to do is get in your accounts and we're going to swim in your money. And that's what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're just going to add up what you made. Let's get in your bank. Let's get in your credit card. Let's get in whatever account you have. Let's see how much money you made. And then we'll add up how much money you spent purely. That's it. And what happens is, all right, you're either in the green. I've had a surplus of money or you're in the red. I've had a uh, negative amount of money, which is not good by any, by any stretch. Now there's different seasons, there's different kinds of jobs that can come into this. But, um, you know, when we do that at, by the end of the year, um, what ends up happening is you start diving into these accounts. You naturally start looking at what you're spending and you start having a bunch of uh, epiphany moments at like, Oh crap moments. I didn't realize I was spending this and I didn't realize I spent on this much. 
And, and so what, you start having this heaviness sit on you of, of, of not having and not looking at it further, which is a good thing to have because now you're aware. And that's, that's purely what I want from my people is I want you to have an awareness and an engagement with your money. And so <clears throat> with these guys coming in, I, I, I share with especially rookies coming in. I'm like, listen, you're used to not spending much as, uh, as a college student. Let's keep that right here. Because what happens is, is if your income and your spending are about the same spot, well, if you stay spending the same and your income jumps up here, now you have a massive surplus that you can, you can put to work somewhere else, uh, towards your retirement or, or, or towards just asset building or, or net worth building, uh, in a lot of different ways. And you set, end up setting yourself in a whole lot bigger place in life. I got, I, this is what I love. I got guys that, you know, they're making, 50 grand a year that are in their mid twenties, but they're spending 1500 a buck, 1500 bucks a month in expenses. They're not spending any, any money at all. And they have this surplus and they're just adding money to their accounts, um, uh, 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 per month. And all of a sudden you see, you see this account value grow up like crazy. And, and it's really cool to see that because you see some basic behavior start taking place, uh, that really carries on towards life. Right. And if a guy can hold on towards that, that little tiny behavior, just understanding and swimming in my accounts and, and being engaged with uh, my money, we start stewarding it and taking care of it in the right way. And when we understand what's happening with our money. We can properly assign it to places we want it to go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the coolest thing I see with guys um, is was when they finally do that. The people that don't do that, it goes away. I mean, it's, this is the same thing. Talked to uh, an attorney one time. Um, He's making two million a year, and, uh, and he couldn't explain why he was in debt. And uh, and I was and I was like, well, how much do you think you're spending a year? He goes, probably three. And <laughs> I, it's laughable, right? Because I'm like, I'm not making that right now, but. <laughs> But it's all relative because the guy that's making, you know, a guy could be making 50 grand, but spending 60 and it's the same thing. If you're overspending your life right now. You're not, you're not acting or behaving in the way you want. And if you're a faith-based person at all, you know, you could be like, well, you know, that's not fair. This guy just has more. No. Well, uh, money always flow from, flows from the poor to the rich because they know how to handle their money a lot better. And, and so, and if you're going to act in a poor manner, Typically, you're not going to be rewarded because you can't manage that money. And, and so um, that's why I love when people just get involved, get involved with what you're involved in, right? Like if you got a 401k, understand the nuances, understand that, all right, this is deferred money that I can't touch till 59 and a half, technically, um, with some, with some, you know, a, a couple nuances here and there that I could take it out for a house or some, you know, medical expenses or an adoption or something. Um, uh, but I'm saving that. That's going towards retirement, right? That's all qualified money. It gets taxed on the backside when I decided to take it as income. If I start understanding some of these little nuances, um, you've immediately just weaponized yourself to a lot greater degree. And so I, I love doing a lot of that. That might be the long answer to what you were looking for, but... Um, I know you. I know. That's why when I had you, I was like, wait, hey, we've got three good questions. It's going to take about 20 minutes, but I, I, he's going to drop so much knowledge. It's, that's all it's going to take. I, I love it. But Corey, I, I have an interesting two-parter here. Ready? So 
you as a former player, did you get into this work because you had seen what you went through? And if you had, is there some advice that maybe look them back on it? Maybe a 22 year old Corey Proctor, like you wish that you could just give a, you know, travel back in time and drop a little bit of knowledge so that you would be better prepared for not only you during your career, but obviously the life after the NFL. Oh, a little bit of not like financial knowledge or where, what aspect? Yeah. Yeah. Financial knowledge, I guess is what we're coming from. Just the, the, the ability to understand where you're investing your money, how you're saving your money, how you're taking care of your money. Well, so those behaviors initially brought up, those are huge. Um, what was cool with me, and I guess there's a, a second portion to that. I was always really frugal and, um, you know, I've, I've seen some different behaviors demonstrated in my life that, um, I, you know, I did not want to follow. And so I always kind of, I just didn't spend anything. Like I, I remember my older brother coming into Dallas for the first time and I had a bottle of water and ketchup in my fridge. You know, and I, I'm like, my neighbor had given me a chair and a table that he didn't ha- want in his garage. I had actually bungee corded when the tape, when the one chair broke, I bungee corded and duct taped it together uh, because I didn't want to spend the money on anything else. And so what, what ended up happening was I ended up having this big stack of cash in the bank. Um, there was nothing, nothing else was going on. And I didn't really think about it much. I wasn't in invest, investments then. But uh, this big stack of cash just happened to be there in the bank. And then Marco Rivera, who was kind of a mentor to me when I was playing ball, he was the first guy uh, to look at me and said, what are you doing with your money? And, and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I'm, I'm watching this baby stack. I'm doing good. I've never had this before in my life. And uh, he was the first one to tell me, you need to start. You need to put it to work. You need to understand uh, what's going on with it. And, and so he hooked me up with his advisor, uh, was a lady out of Wisconsin who ended up doing really awesome for me. And, uh, and I wasn't, I was never afraid to ask questions. That's, I guess, if we're going down this trail of thought right now, which is, you know, never ending, um, it's that, that would probably be it. Even if you feel like an idiot, ask the idiot questions because eventually those idiot questions turn into a lot more, uh, professional questions. And, if I get right, this is like being in shape. I got to get through this fatness first before I kind of get in good shape before I get into really good shape. Right. Well, it's the same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to trim the fat off this idiot me for a minute. And, and it's not even being an idiot. You just don't know what you don't know, but you're just learning these nuances and what you think you're, you are dumb questions, but you're learning these nuances. Well, the more you learn, the lot, uh, a lot sharper you become. And uh, the better questions you start asking. And what's cool about that is I just peppered away with questions. Even if I couldn't get the full concept, um, I, would, I would keep peppering her every time we met. And as a side effect, I started becoming pretty proficient in my own portfolio. And, and what was cool is now I'm talking to you guys, you know, and... Um, if whatever comes up, like, man, I got I got to sit here and think about school or like, Hey, I got this bonus coming from work or whatever. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? And, uh, and, and, you know, it would, a conversation would start coming up around, around money or something. And, uh, and then it was cool because I could speak into that person a little bit, depending on what the situation was. 
And, and I'm like, man, I, I don't know about you. I'm like, I'm sitting here, I look, look at my 401k after a good quarter. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, do you see this thing growing? And they're like, what are you talking about? Are you watching yours at all? And we'd open up theirs and, and dive into a whole different conversation. And, and it was cool because I've actually had a lot of guys, former players now, where they're like, man, I couldn't do that proc. I can't, I'm not good with numbers. And I'm like, you don't have to be good with numbers to do this. I'm like, you can do that. Anybody can do this. It's just if you want to give it the time or not. Not everybody has the full amount of time to give it, right? Because you're working on your own craft, but everybody's capable of doing it. And, uh, and that's, that's what I love because I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't let's not get this like false. Um, what is that? That imposter syndrome, right? Let's not get imposter syndrome right now. Don't like, be, be honest with you when you don't know something and, and, just keep asking questions, keep working at it. Like, it's okay. I have, there's been plenty of times where I have somebody talk to me about their portfolio and I have, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's go, let's go do some research. And, and it's, and it's fine. Right. But, um, yep. Well, got off again. You're fine. You're <laughs> good. I'm going to center you. I got you. I'll bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Really, I want to get into this one story before we, we get you out of here, but I want it because you shared it with me one time. You were talking to me about when you were a little bit of a veteran player and you went in for a tryout or a mini camp or something to try to get a job. And the coach at the time was talking to you about how to be prepared and that you were really pre- past that story. You know what the story I'm talking about? Was that when I visited the Saints camp? I was telling yeah. you about? Yeah. Okay. Tell that story because I really think that's a story that a lot of young players need to understand. So, because with this COVID situation and there's very limited opportunities that are going to come their way until it gets corrected, you know, taking advantage of that the way you did is something I I really would love the audience to hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. This, um, there's, there's an issue that goes on in the league and really this is a, this can be a workforce issue that happens so much is, you know, sometimes when people get jaded about their job, um, maybe we don't have a really good relationship with our coach or, you know, somebody else is getting the, 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 um, uh, the, the raise or the promotion over us, right? Somebody else, is, another guy's getting the spot or getting the nod at the starting job, whatever the case might be. You know, a lot of people can get jaded in situations like that and they run away from it. And, and I'll tell you, when I ended my uh, career in Miami, um, I had actually gotten into a fight with my old line coach and, and kind of had a little bit of a, um, a perspective shift when all of a sudden I, I was having trouble getting into the league. Right. And so, um, I, we disagreed on some things, but I didn't do anything to help it. And, and so anyways, I got hurt a lot of surgeries later. I'm trying to make it back to the league and I had some tryouts. And I was constantly in this place where I got to, I got to act the part. I got to look the part. I got to be tough, Corey and work hard, Corey. And, and I'm already, I'm all those things, man. Right. I just, but I've been through all these tryouts and I wasn't getting anywhere. And the saints called me up to come to rookie camp to do mini camp with them. And, and so this is after or after the new deal. And, uh, and so this is where they were invite, inviting a bunch of veterans in to get looks at them also. And so we're just in jerseys and helmets. And I remember before the trip, I just decided, I'm like, man, I'm going to go have fun. And 
I'm always going to work hard <clears throat> and that's never not going to be off the, that's never not going to be an issue, but I'm going to go have fun. And I, I just want to leave an impression on these coaches. And, and I just want to be thankful for even being at this thing. And, um, and I tell you, it was really cool. So I came in, uh, uh, came in and, and I wanted to make sure I introduced myself to everybody and just was super thankful that they were taking time for a guy that they don't know uh, and, and giving me some sort of time. So the trainers that were taping my ankles and the equipment guys that were giving me shoes. And so I remember one of the equipment guys was ball get ball guy like me, you know, really good looking. And, um, and so he, he, I didn't really, I didn't really have any turf shoes for practice. So I asked him, Hey, can I borrow some turf shoes? And so he's like, yeah, sure. So I just, we kind of talked for a minute and I'm just super thankful for, um, you know, him doing that. And, and we kind of BS for a minute. And, and so anyways, <clears throat> I do that over the three days of this mini camp. And what was really cool was ended up having a great camp. Uh, didn't get signed, but had a great camp. And that Sunday morning, we come in right uh, for meetings for before our last practice. And our O-line coach at the time, I don't remember um, <clears throat> his name, but he goes, he he uh, he starts referencing the name of the equipment manager and just call him Jim Bob, and and he starts going around the room and he's like, David, do you know Jim Bob? You know who that is? Nope. So yeah, guys are just kind of looking. He's in the back room. Ryan, you, Ryan Roberts, you know who Jim Bob is? I do not. Nope. He goes around just to the room like that. He goes, Proctor, you know who Jim Bob is? Like yeah, coach, that's the equipment guy. And he goes, Jim Bob's the biggest country hick, Cajun country hick I've ever seen in my life. And this is coach talking right now. And he goes, this guy just came up to me and he said, that Proctor guy is someone we need on our team. He's like us. And, and I thought I was, it made me feel good for a minute. Um, so we went into practice and I went – I made sure to thank coach, thank our special teams coach. I didn't even want to wait for an invite to go talk to Sean Payton. I just marched my happy butt right up to the office to go say thank you anyways. And, uh, and we, we sat and talked for a little bit. He turned, he actually used to live in Trophy Club, Texas, right where I'm at. And, uh, and it was really cool because, um, the reason I'm saying all this is, is a lot of guys come into this place where I'm, I'm just so tunnel focused, which is not a bad thing, but I get so tunnel focused. I forget about everybody else around me. And, and the thing is, is uh, when you don't take time to invest in the people in your job, especially the ones that are making decisions about you, um, you're leaving a whole lot up to chance. And, and I'll tell you what, it was really cool. Uh, to hear my, our O-line coach say, uh, say, you're a guy like that. And when I ended up leaving, uh, he, he ended up grabbing me one last time. He goes, listen, you're everything we want here. You're, you're a veteran guy. You're working hard. You're helping these young guys out. You know what you're doing. You're, you're listening to my coach and you're asking good questions about it. You're the kind of guy we want in our room but I'm going to give these young guys a shot first. And if something happens during the season and if somebody goes down, we're going to be calling you. And, and so I tell you what, that was the last I heard from them, but you can bet I, I felt a whole lot good, better in my soul about how I exited the NFL 
after that stamp right there. And so many guys, if you would just approach your coaches and realize in order for them to be on your team, you got to be on their team first. And that's the biggest thing I love sharing with guys is, is so many of us want, they want so much for me. I want so much for me. And I do, right? I want myself to be super successful, the best wealth manager in the world right now. I want to, I want to manage every asset possible and be rich as hell. But uh, the problem is if I'm not on your team first, there's no way you're ever going to be on mine. Yeah, and that's where people I love sharing with young guys is you gotta you gotta realize that and, and when you realize that you realize that that person across the table is worth fighting for just as much as you are. And and that's that ends up being a, a critical piece to your success. And I promise, promise good things will come from that, not just from the playing field, but from later on in life, but especially a partner if you end up grabbing a wife that's pretty badass like mine is. Um, <laughs> nice plug play, there, like nice, nice. Like, like how you, <laughs> I, I, is she there? Is she is she threatening you? She got the shotgun on you or something? You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating bullets right now. <laughs> well, Corey, I love that plug, and I'm gonna kind of end this here because this was a lot of fun. I wish we could have you on for a lot longer. We'll definitely have to have you on again just to get some more of these stories. So, quick plug for you: uh, where can people find you on social media? Where can they connect with you? for the services that you provide? Sure. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook at Corey Proctor. That's me personally. Um, if you're interested in my, uh, my wealth management is procapitaltx.com. There's a bunch of information on there. So if you're like, a, if you're a person that you're just like, I want to check things out for myself, go check it out. Lots of resources, educational materials on there. I do webinars once a month, so you can go on there and see those. Um, and I do a bunch of uh, speaking gigs on the side, and you can check out that out at coreyproctor.com. But, um, yeah, it's a good place. Thankful for anybody that even wants to take a look in my direction. But I'm, I appreciate you guys having me on. So, and I apologize again for being late. I'm like, oh, get out of here. No, you know, we, we're just happy you came on. We're going to have you on again soon because, again, we have a lot more to learn from you. And I know you as a man, as a person, as a human being. I mean, we hooked up just on LinkedIn or something. You reached out to me like, hey, I see what you're doing with your walking talks. Let's 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 see if we can link up. I'm like, really, Corey, <laughs> you saw me walking and talking and, and now you want to, you know, hook up with me. Let's do this. So, you know, there's a lot I've gotten to know Corey over this past year in 2020. And it's just been awesome to get to know this man. And I know he brings more to the table. So we can't wait to have him back on teaching everybody. And thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule schedule and away from your family and everything you got going just share this knowledge with our listeners so again thank you very much Corey. thanks brother thanks dave thanks ryan all right thank you Corey. have a good night Corey. all right so again mr Corey proctor we're about to get on mr ben skoranek wide receiver out of notre dame 2021 nfo draft prospect before we do I want to tell you that maverick sports consulting is proud to be partnered with the hub football elite camp the hub is the elite free agent camp that is invite only where there is a selection process to pack the field with 60 to 70 elite players from all around the country. If you're a football player looking for an opportunity and think you would make the cut register today at hub football camp while, while the availability is still there. So make sure we do that. Want to bring on, as I just said, real quick transition here. This is a fun one for me, David, because as you know, 
you know, lifelong Notre Dame fan. This is our first former Notre Dame player, right? We had Mike Singer, of course, no, the beat writer. We had Ian Williams on. Oh, we did have Ian Williams. I'm sorry. All right, first, <laughs> first skill position player that had a phenomenal season this past year in Notre Dame's playoff run. Got Mr. Ben Skoranek, of course, transferred from Northwestern, spent the 2020 season a part of Notre Dame. Ben, appreciate you hopping on here, man. How's everything been going for you? Man, it's been going good. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to to get on here. I know we connected during the season a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's just a busy time. And, you know, finally, uh, you know, have have a little bit more free time uh, through this crazy process. So I'm excited to get on with you guys and, and just kind of talk some football. Oh, absolutely, man. So, David, the story is I I, I hit up Ben after his uh, three touchdowns. Uh, no, I'm sure you hit on Ben. Oh, yeah. I saw my eye. Keep it PG on the, on the show, right? <laughs> PG, so we're on muzzled. He slid in the DMs. I mean, come on. Yeah, That's I, what I'm saying. I, I, he slid right in the I DM did. and be I like, did. I don't ever do this before. You're my first, <laughs> you know, but could I, you possibly, you know, come right, on my well, show, talk to me, Okay. Please. Well, I, I admit, I admit, I slid into the DMs after his three touchdown performance because I was overly impressed. And then I know I, I had kind of talked back and forth with Jim Nagy, and I know Jim became a big fan of Ben during the season, obviously ended up giving him the senior bowl invite. But Ben, I want to start you off real quick because we've talked to a lot of uh, talked to some players before about their experience with the transfer portal in the transfer portal, that transfer process in general. You being a guy that went through that process after a career at Northwestern, a very successful career at Northwestern. I know you were dealing with injury, obviously, your last year at Northwestern. You made the decision to graduate transfer to Notre Dame. So can you just take me real quick through your experience as a transfer in the portal, the chaos that ensues as soon as you get in there? Yeah, so, um, you know, as you mentioned, I was kind of dealing with a little injury my senior year. Um, It sidelined me and and gave me a a redshirt opportunity that I didn't have going into the season. So um, it was. I didn't think I'd have a fifth year of college football. Then here I am, you know, in pretty much early November, I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, am I going to enter the, the NFL draft? Am I going to come back to Northwestern? Um, or am I going to grad transfer? So it, it, it kind of just all came on me at once. Um, and, you know, it's something I, I wasn't sure about at first. Um, you know, do I do it? Uh, there's so many unknowns when you do it, right? You know, you, you hear all these success stories, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, not, not every, everything's like that, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, what if nobody hits me up? You know, what if nobody reaches out? What if nobody wants me? So, um, you know, there's a little bit of that. It is a big mystery, but you know, when I, when I entered the the portal, um, you know, schools kind of slowly started reaching out, you know, I was refreshing my email, um, getting texts, getting DMS, kind of like what you did, you know, slid in the DMS, um, from, from just a variety of, of college coaches from, you know, like a school's back home, like an NAIA school back home um, to Notre Dame. Like, you know, it was just a bunch of, uh, you know, coaches and and staff members kind of reaching out and, you know, everybody wants to get on the phone right away. So, uh, you know, the first couple of days it was, you know, just talking to a lot of coaches, um, kind of getting a feel for schools. And, you know, it was at a weird time. I entered right after the season um, before bowl season. So, you know, some teams were preparing for conference championships. Some teams were preparing for bowl games, some for the college football playoffs. So, um, you know, schools are reaching out at, at different points. But, you know, I, I knew I only had two weeks to make the decision. Um, and the first week I was actually going somewhere to do a little bit of rehab on my injury. So I really had one uh, one weekend to, to visit a school and then make a choice before dead period hit. So 
Um, you know, when, when Notre Dame reached out, I talked to, you know, you know, some of my mentors, my parents, my family, and I was like, Hey, uh, you know, I think I want to go to Notre Dame this weekend. And then, you know, when I, when I went to Notre Dame, um, you know, Ian book hosted me and spent some time with coach Reese, um, had a pretty good idea. He was going to be named the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, obviously coach Kelly, coach Alexander, and, um, you know, it just felt like home for me. So I, I actually signed on the spot, um, in early December, but they kind of had me keep it quiet until after signing day, but it was definitely an experience. Um, you know, I, I never in a million years thought I'd be in the transfer portal, but there I was, um, but it, it all worked out for me. And, you know, I'm very thankful that Notre Dame gave me that opportunity. Yeah, well, now, what was your favorite part, Ben, about being part of the Notre Dame experience? You know, Ryan's a complete homer, so he's waiting for this answer. Um, and, and, and he's just like, he, you know, he wished he was Rudy, but he's not. So, um, overrated you know, movie. Overrated movie. Yeah, I'm sure it's overrated. You, you know, that's why you got a poster of him next to you. But, um, like, what's <laughs> – yeah, he looks over at it. He's like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah exactly. All right, keep it moving. Let's go. Next question. Well, reveal it to our audience and everybody because you know Notre Dame is a hollow ground of football, right? It's it's it's, it's a place of lore and and just mystique and and the, the Golden Dome and touchdown Jesus. For you, what was your favorite part of getting up to be part of that for one year? Yeah, there's so many parts. Honestly, it's really hard to to pinpoint it. Um, this just the the locker room. Um, that's one part, you know, the people in the locker room were just special people. Um, you know, they brought me in from day one and there's some of my best friends today. Like I, I just had an hour long phone call with Ian, uh, tonight, just catching up with him. But then, you know, like you mentioned, you step on campus and there's just a feeling about it. Um, you can kind of feel it throughout the city of South Bend. It's like Notre Dame football. Um, this is a football city, football school, and, and just the culture, the traditions, um, you know, they're, they're unmatched, I think, in college football. And unfortunately, with COVID and everything, you know, the, the fans, it was only like 20% or something. So I didn't get the full experience that, you know, I was I was, I was was super excited for, honestly, because I, I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, not too far from South Bend. So, you know, I, I watched Notre Dame games growing up. I went to a couple in high school. Um, I was just ready to play in front of, you know, 80,000 passionate fans, um, sellouts, all that stuff. But um, even without that, you could you could feel the, the tradition, you know, walking down the stairs to get to the stadium, um, hitting the play like a champion today sign. You know, it, it gives you goosebumps, um, whether it was the first time or, or the sixth time, you know, however many home games we played. So um, Notre Dame is just a, a very special place. And uh, I really think that you have to go to the go to the campus, go to a game to, to really feel it. Yeah. Absolutely. I know a lot of recruits talk about that, right? Like they're a little unsure. Like some guys are, are coming from some nice weather places. They're like, why would I want to go up to, to South Bend, Indiana? But then as soon as they get there, they're like, oh, okay, this is right. why I want to go to South Bend, Indiana. So I agree completely. And, and like I kind of said, Ben, you're a guy that I kept seeing Jim Nagy kind of start to talk about throughout the season. If you have a nice, a nice couple performances, you eventually get that senior bowl invite. Now you're entrenched in this draft process. So can you just talk to me a little bit about your experience down in Mobile? I know it was a little different than maybe a typical year, obviously, with COVID still happening, but just your experience down there and just some general feedback you heard for the week that you had. Um, yeah, so it hasn't really been out there yet, but um, I probably had one of the worst weeks in, in Senior Bowl history. Um, so my foot really started hurting before the Senior Bowl. Um, didn't really tell anybody because 
you know, this whole draft process is I knew the combine was going to be canceled. Um, so I, I knew I wouldn't have the opportunity to go out there and show what I could do. I was unsure about pro days and all that. Um, so my foot was hurt and I didn't tell anybody went down to mobile, um, practice once had a, didn't have the best practice, you know, um, came back practice the next day and actually broke my foot, uh, all the way through. So I had to get, wow. uh, I had to leave mobile early and go get a, uh, a surgery on my foot. It hasn't really been out there to the media yet, but, um, you know, it wasn't the ideal experience at all, but, um, you know, I'm still thankful for, for the opportunity to get, get down there. I met so many great people. Um, you know, it's, it's the top, top players in college football. So, um, just having the opportunity to meet people. And, and then I interviewed with every team. Um, you know, that, that was, that was great for me. Um, you know, sitting down and just telling my story. Um, you know, I, I really think, you know, everyone's like, you know, saying all this stuff about you shouldn't have gone to the senior bowl, but at the end of the day, you know, with no combine, um, no in-person interactions outside of the senior bowl is the only opportunity to really have in-person interviews. So, um, you know, I, I think I, or I know I left a good impression, you know, on every team I interviewed with. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a very strange week for sure. You know, you're getting COVID tested in the morning, um, you know, all this stuff, but, um, you know, despite all that, you know, I, I, I really am thankful for the opportunity, thankful, um, you know, for Coach Flores and the Dolphins staff for, for taking time and, and kind of just, you know, helping me become a better football player. Now, are you comfortable if we ask a question just about the injury? Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, like all the all the teams know and everything. Um, was it a Liz Frank fracture? No, it wasn't. It was a Jones fracture. Um, so my, my fifth metatarsal. Fifth, okay, gotcha. Yeah, they said it was broken before I even uh, – I even got to the senior bowl. So uh, I, I, I probably should have told somebody my, my agents weren't too happy with me, but you know, I just, I'm a guy who likes to compete and uh, you know, I just wanted to go out there and kind of show teams what I could do. Yeah. Uh, and Ben, I kind of wanted to end you on this one. I, I, unfortunately I was going to ask you about the pro day, but I'm assuming you obviously won't be, you know, be able to perform unfortunately there. So talk to me just a little bit, kind of ending this interview I know that right now there's, you know, you're talking a lot to NFL teams. You're starting to make those introductions even further from where you were in Mobile, starting to have some, some, you know, deeper conversations about person that you are, how you potentially might fit into their organization, all that type of stuff. So, so just some general feedback. You talked about the, the ability to talk to the teams down in Mobile. Are there, can you give us some teams that you've been having conversations with and just the general feedback of that process? Yeah, like I said, um, you know, every team I've talked to, you know, the interviews are going to start picking up more uh, throughout this week and next week. Um, but, yeah, a lot of teams actually asked me, you know, if I'd be willing to play tight end. Um, you know, oh, wow. my, my top weight, I've been, you know, over 225 a couple times in my career. I kind of weighed in low at the senior bowl just because, um, you know, I was going to the senior bowl at receiver. But um, a lot of teams, you know, had an interest in that, it feels like. You know, my answer is I'll, I'll play whatever. I just want to play football. Um, you know, that's the thing about me. I, I love the game. Um, and I just want to win. So, you know, that was my answer. I'll play whatever. I think I'm a, a very versatile player where, where I can play all over, all over the field. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's really going to start picking up, um, throughout the next couple of weeks. And, you know, like my agents always say, you know, a team that, that you hardly talk to or just have a couple of interviews with could be a team that drafts you or a team that talks to you like throughout the whole process. They might have, have little interest in you. You know, it's a, it's almost a guessing game. Um, but, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see where I go and, you know, just for the opportunity to play, 
you know, you know, in the NFL, it's been my dream since I've been a kid. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited for this opportunity. And, you know, unfortunately, I had a, had a step back uh, throughout this process. But, um, you know, every step back in the past, I've, I've came back as a stronger player. So I'm excited to, to be back healthy in a, in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, just, just playing the NFL, like I said, it's been my dream since I can remember. So. Mm-hmm. Now, now who you, you've mentioned, uh, you represent, who did you, uh, who's representing you? Um, Roosevelt Barnes and Jovan Barnes. They're with ISC oh, yeah. sports. Yep. No Roosevelt really well. And then last question, how do people find you on social media to slip into your DMS? Like Ryan did just ask Ryan. No, uh, <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, um, uh, at Benny Sko, B E N N Y Sko S K O W. Um, that's kind of been my nickname everywhere I've gone in locker rooms and stuff. And then, um, Twitter, I think I'm B Skoranek 10. Uh, so yeah, so just, you can connect with me there. You can slide in the DMS. Um, I might, I might respond. I might not. It depends. Ryan got a little lucky, I guess. He, he, he caught me. He caught me off guard. He caught, he caught you off, off he tilt a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got you. Well, hey, time. can we open up an invitation back to you once you do get drafted and come back on and, and, and re-interview you then? Is that okay? hundred percent, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to kind of you know share my story and um, yeah, no, it'll be, be awesome talking to you guys. But thanks for having me, um, absolutely, and, and allowing me to you know share some of my story. Absolutely, thank Again, you, Ben, Mr. so much, Mr. Ben Skaronic, wide receiver for the University of Notre Dame, 2021 NFL Draft prospect. Ben, appreciate you, man. We'll definitely be in touch again. I'll slide in the DM sometime soon. But ben, wishing you the best of luck through rehab, man. Seriously, uh, wishing you the absolute best. I know you're going to be very successful at the next level. Just keep grinding. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right. So again, Mr. Ben Skorak, we had a couple back-to-back interview there with Mr. Corey Proctor, Ben Skorak, ending us out. David, I enjoyed that. We got some breaking news, obviously, with the unfortunate injury to Ben Skorak. Wishing him, though, obviously a very quick rehab, quick uh, bounce back from that injury. Want to thank everybody out there in the Twitterverse or in the Twitchverse, in the YouTubeverse, wherever you're listening to us. The verse. Sports Take, the verse. Mass Sports Take, episode 30. Appreciate you all. We'll be back, same time, same place, next week, 8.30 Eastern Time on the NFL Draft Bible live show. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.